0: Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. All right. So good to be back together after a Salo weekend. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Three of you think so? No, I know you all do. How about the presence of the Lord in this place? So good. That's what success is for us, for everyone, is the presence of the Lord and the freedom that he brings. And we guard it ferociously, and then we expand it violently. So, actually, why don't we stand as we read the word, this is the main passage where this uh, new series comes from. We're just going to honor the Lord and submit to him as we, as we go into this series of authority. It doesn't have to be a religious thing, but I, I love it sometimes when he stands to honor the word of God. So this, be, this verse will be up on the screen. It says Isaiah 4, 2 through 6 in the ESV. And that day, it's a good day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious. And the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors, that's you, of Israel. And he who is left in Zion and remains, that's you, the remnant, in Jerusalem, will be called holy. Everyone who has been recorded for life in Jerusalem, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem from its midst by a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of burning. Then, then the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day and smoke and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory, for over all the glory, there will be a canopy. There will be a booth for shade by day from the heat and for a refuge and a shelter from the storm and rain. May God bless the reading of his word. Father God, we honor you today. We submit to you today as the ultimate authority in our life. We say that you alone are our master. You alone are our teacher. You alone are our king. You are the king of every king. You're the Lord above every Lord. Your name that is so holy that the Israelites almost dared not speak it. Yahweh the Holy One. So, Father, teach us today. We submit to you. We submit to your wisdom and counsel, God. We open our hearts in vulnerability. We clear our minds of distraction, and we say, God, fill us with your word. Impart a new and a fresh and a living word to our hearts and our minds today so that we might be different people than when we walked in this place today. And all God's people agreed and said, Amen, let it be so. You may take your seats. So that, that verse is from Isaiah 4. That's where we get our series that we're going into this month called Canopy. I want to say this. I told Holly this earlier who creates all of our graphics. I think this is the most, the best graphic she's ever created. And she's created some great ones. But there's a lot. As, as we preach this series, just I want you to look at that and see the significance even today of what the Lord is releasing over our lives, the canopy, the canopy. It says that will be over all the glory. There's a canopy that He created, not just in that day in the future, but but today. There is a canopy. There is um, a cloud by day, a fire by night. Just like the God led the Israelites out through the Red Sea and into the wilderness, the Lord leads us, and over all this glory, you know, in that in those verses I read, there's glory everywhere the branch of the Lord, glory, the remnant, glory, the cloud that goes ahead, glory, the fire by night, glory, and I want you to understand this, the canopy is over all the glory, and he is above the canopy. Now, now the, the word glory, it's the Hebrew word kabod, one of my favorite Hebrew words for glory, and it means, it literally means weightiness, weightiness as we sung that song as we pressed into the throne room this morning during great i am did you feel the weightiness of god that was the manifest presence of his kabod, his glory that was filling both you and this room and yes his glory fills the entire earth but there's moments in time when we're pressing in when we're asking him that he will manifest his glory in our life it's this heavy presence of the lord This majestic splendor, this weight of glory. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament, Habakkuk 2.14. Can't make this up. But the time is coming when the earth shall be filled with the intimacy of the glory, the kabod of the Lord. Just as the waters cover the sea. You see, there's another flood coming not a flood of water that will, again, destroy the earth, but a flood of his kabod, a flood of his glory. And right now you're leaning into the intimacy that leads to that filling up, the intimacy, the knowledge of him that leads to that glory, because it's rising. If you're paying attention, you can feel it. You can see it. If you're looking in the right direction, if you're looking at the throne room, you know that the earth is getting filled up once again by his spirit, by his glory. Amen. And like I said, this picture in Isaiah 4 of the canopy over all the glory, it's, it's a here and now. It's, it's not someday. It's right now. It's glory is rising. The word says that his glory fills the whole earth. It's coming, but it's, it's also filling. He's the God who was and who is and is to come. He's doing things. He's outside of time. And I believe this is interesting. This just came to me, this Holy Spirit. I'm declaring this. I believe that he's going to do something from your, he's going to show you something from your past this morning that he's going to break in for your future. Lean into that. So this word canopy, it's the Hebrew word kupa. Kupa and it means two things simultaneously so this kupa it's over all the glory it's it means two things it means a place of protection okay and it's a place of covenant of intimacy so it's used in Isaiah 4 verse 5 here that we just read it's also used in Psalm 19:6 where it says he's like a bridegroom coming out of his kupa his canopy it's 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 the scene of intimacy that covers a marriage covenant. So it's a place of both protection and also a place of intimacy. That is the canopy, and all of his glory is under the canopy. Isn't that beautiful? It's the presence of God and the freedom that he brings. That's the ultimate success for our lives, for this church, for anything that you do is to see the presence of God, the manifest presence break in and give you freedom. Over, It's not a one-time thing. It's over and over and over again. So we want to be under his canopy, don't we? We want to be in the place where the glory resides. We want to have protection and be in his presence. We want to have intimacy with the Father to hear what he says over our lives as sons and daughters. But here's the thing. We can step outside of this canopy. And we have before. All of us have. See, the, under the canopy of God, under the coupon of God, He set up a structures of authority. See, all of us in this room are under authority. Would you agree? You both have authority and you're under authority. And when we submit to the authorities that God has set up in our lives, it goes well for us. And we find ourselves under the canopy where all the glory is of that protection and blessing, and we find greater freedom and intimacy with the Father. This is huge. This is foundational for our lives to understand this is how God set it up. But if we reject authority in our life and this authority structure under the canopy, we find ourselves outside of the canopy. And outside of that canopy, we subject ourselves to the attack of the enemy. And we step out of the protection and blessing and favor and intimacy that our Father wants for us. So it's absolutely huge to understand this, which is why we're taking this month to go through this series. There's multiple different authorities that God's placed in our lives, and we'll we'll go through these in in much more detail uh, the weeks to come, but I'll just highlight some of them really quick for you. Your parents, from the moment you were born, you were under their authority. God gave you a father and a mother for you to submit to for your own protection and blessing under his canopy. Ephesians 6 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. It's a good one to obey. That it may go well for you and that you may live long in the land. That's a way to stay under the canopy. Now, when you get married, you you leave and cleave your mother mother and father, but you still have a place of honor. You're, you don't. You, it's the different looks different, but it's a, still a place of honoring to stay under that canopy. Speaking of marriage, there's another place of authority. Ephesians five, the chapter before, talking to wives. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. I I know that makes us wives kind of shiver a little bit sometimes because it's been taught so wrong sometimes. But that is a place of authority, of submission. But here's the thing. Husbands, you're called to, to a greater submission. You're called to death. Yes. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So wives, you're called to submit to your husband with respect and honor. And in that, there's a protection and blessing and intimacy. Because of your submission, you stay under that canopy of glory. And husbands, you're called to death every day. A death of love for your wives. The same way Jesus went to the cross and sacrificed himself for you. And if you are not submitting yourself to death, you're stepping outside of the canopy of glory. And you strip yourself of your authority. Does that make sense? See, the more you submit yourself to death for your wife, the greater your authority becomes. Jesus modeled this for us. The highest king became the lowest servant. Submitted to death for every single person in this room. That's the model of our lives. We submit to one another. But there are these structures of authority that he put in place to give us protection, blessing, favor, and intimacy. It's huge that we understand this. See, your level of submission determines your level of authority. Your level of submission, your level of humility, determines your level of authority in your life. Here's another place of authority, the church. Everyone sitting in this place. You are part of the body of Christ. There's an authority structure that God has placed under his canopy for your protection, blessing, and intimacy. Hebrews, Hebrews 13 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. It's a place of blessing favor and intimacy if you're submitting to your church leadership here's another one does anybody work have a job yep dalton does your employer colossians 3 says let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer not just when their employers are watching And not in pretense, but to be faithful in all things. For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in constant awe and wonder of our Lord God. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you were doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. Because you are. There is a place of protection, blessing, intimacy, and freedom when you submit to your employer. When you honor them. When you do what they ask you to do. And you don't complain about it and grumble about it. How about this one? Uh-oh. Government. Woo! <laughs> Romans 13.1, everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. He's put everything under his canopy. And in those positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and will be punished. You steal something, the police are there to protect the community, right? There's a punishment for that. You step out from under the authority. There's a protection and blessing under the canopy of God for our lives when we submit to those in governmental authority over us. Now, here's the tension. I know you're all asking this. What happens when the authority that God has placed under that canopy, when that authority steps out from the canopy, and tells you to do something, instructs you to do something that's not, that's against what God says. It's a great question. We'll go into that in much more detail. But there, these are, these are, this is the tension we live in. We have to understand the foundation of how God set it up. He set up all these authority structures to protect us, to bless us, to give us that freedom and intimacy with Him. Now, they will and they have stepped up outside of the canopy. There are parents that have abused children, maybe abused you. There are marriages that are completely toxic. There are ter- churches that teach false doctrine. There em- are employers that have slandered you. There's governments that tell you that you can't meet as a church. How do you deal with that with when Romans 13 says, why well, I need to submit to them? Very quickly, you have to understand in the government's case, whether it's a Romans 13 government or a Revelation 13 government, a beast government. But it's a tension we live in. Two years ago, this is Pentecost Sunday, by the way, two years ago, in earlier in May 2020, I don't know if you remember that year, the government of Illinois and many states said that we could not meet as a church. And as other states began to open up, we began having conversations as a leadership team in early May. We prayed into it, we, we sought the Lord's face, and we finally decided, um, pretty quickly decided, but we wanted to take a lot of time to pray, that what we needed to do was an Acts 5 move, where Peter and the apostles said no to what the council, their authority, told them to do. And they said, no, we must obey God rather than men because there's someone higher above the canopy than who he's placed in the canopy. So this is the tension that we live in. And we decided before our our governor, um, actually he was forced by the Supreme Court to open up, but before that happened, we decided as a leadership team, we were going to meet Pentecost Sunday, 2020, and if we got put in handcuffs and went to jail for it, what may we had to obey God rather than men but that's the tension we live in in the way God set this up though was for the authority of your government and your marriage and your employer and your parents to protect you and bless you so there is a tension in that what we're talking about today and through this series though is first of all our hearts have to not be rebellious our hearts have to be submissive humble now, when the Nebuchadnezzars rise up, we deal with that, and we we go to the king of kings who's at the top, and we obey him rather than men. But in the first place, we have to be honoring, we have to be submissive to those who are in authority over us. What I want to talk about today, though, is above the canopy. We're going to spend the next few weeks talking about what's under the canopy, but I want to talk today about what is above the canopy, the highest place of authority it's the word the word maybe six months ago or so i was preaching up here i can't remember exactly when it was and i found myself saying it wasn't in my notes but i i said the most powerful thing in the universe or or ever is the word of god And as i'm saying that i'm thinking i hope i'm right about that (laughs) i don't know if you ever do that if you say something you're like You should be saying that, by the way. You should be testing everything that you say. You should be testing everything that someone else says. You should be testing everything that I say. Actually, against the word. But I got home, and and I'm thinking about this, and and I'm thinking, well, I think I'm right. The word of God is the most powerful thing ever. But, man, the blood of Jesus is pretty strong. (laughs) Without the blood of Jesus, I mean, where would we be? We wouldn't be redeemed. We wouldn't be saved. We wouldn't be anything without the blood of Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit kindly reminded me as I'm thinking, maybe the blood is stronger than the word. I I don't know. Like, Lord, show me. And then he reminded me in a moment a verse from Hebrews that says, help me, you know this. His blood speaks a better word. His blood even agrees with the word. His word is the strongest, most powerful force His voice, his blood, they all speak, they all agree. That's what the Trinity is. Do you understand that God himself agrees with himself? The Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father, they all speak in unison and agreement. And when his word comes forth, what happens? Creation happens. Things shift, things change. His blood, the blood of the Son, agrees and speaks a better word. He himself is named the Word. It's not just a thing. It's a person. He is the Word. So the Word is the most powerful force, God himself, above the canopy that he set in place. Remember Genesis 1, then God spoke. He released his voice. He said, let there be light. As soon as he released the Word, there was light. See, when the Word breaks in our life, it changes everything. John 1: In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was, in fact, God. He Himself is the Word. And the Word, Jesus, became flesh, became one of us, put on skin and bones. How crazy is that? That the King of Kings submitted Himself. That's what authority is: it's a submission that the word became flesh he put on skin and bones to walk among us, to die for us, to be the highest authority, became the lowest, to die a crazy, horrific death on a cross to release his blood. The word released his blood that it speaks a better word. Unbelievable. And here's where I'm going today. Your agreement with his word manifests authority, his authority in your life. See, agreement is very powerful. If God agrees with himself, remember in Genesis 1, he said, let us, who's he talking to? It's the Trinity there. Let us make man in our image. He agreed with himself. That agreement is powerful. So you and I agree with things all the time. The only question is, are you agreeing with him or are you agreeing with somebody else? If you're agreeing with somebody else, there's probably only one alternative. He's your enemy. It's very you have to be very careful when you open your mouth. The New Testament talks a lot about idle words. Because you may find yourself agreeing with something. If you're a chatterbox, this is for you. Be careful what you just idly start saying. Because you're either agreeing with the word or you're agreeing with the devil. And what you find yourself agreeing with is very powerful. Our words have the power of what? Life and death. And some of you talk too much. You need to measure what you agree with. But conversely, some of you need to raise your voice. You need to muster up courage. See, God breathed his spirit, his voice in your lungs. He gave you his voice to agree with himself, just like he does And some of you need to muster up the courage to agree with a better word. Your silence is killing you. So you're in one of two camps. Maybe some of both. And some of you are agreeing with words of death over your life and you're wondering why things of death are happening in your life. In the garden, the first question from the enemy, the devil, that serpent, was what? Did God really... Say." He went right after the word. He went right after agreement. Because if he, he can get you to not agree with the word, then you're agreeing with him. This is huge. This is foundational for your life. And if we look all around us in the culture that we live today, we see the enemy saying everywhere did, God really say." And we cannot be silent to rebuke that question. The silence of the lambs is killing us, my friends. You need to raise your voice with courage. And we must answer that question and break any agreement with the enemy. Did God really say, yes, devil, he said it. He did say it. He declared me righteous. He speaks peace over my life. He's my father that gives me good gifts, not a stone. He's coming back. I'm his son. You're his daughter. I'm a king. I'm a priest. I'm seated in heavenly places. Yes, devil, he did say all those things, and I'm going to agree with them. I agree with the voice of my father, and I break any agreement with the enemy. In Matthew 8, Jesus, there's this amazing story. Jesus is going into Capernaum. The great AM really got me, man. That's good. Jesus is going into Capernaum, and this centurion came up to him. Roman soldier who's over a hundred men. Centurion. A man of authority. A man under authority. And he comes up to Jesus, he says, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed. Which, one, how awesome is it that a centurion cares about his servant? So cool. And he comes to Jesus, and he says, my servant is in terrible, tormenting pain. And Jesus says to him, I will come and heal him. That's awesome. But watch this. The centurion replies to Jesus, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. You don't need to come. Just say the word. Just say the word. The centurion said this. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Because I know as a centurion, I am subject to authority. There's commanding officers above me in that canopy. And there's ones below me. And if I tell them to go, they go. If I say, come, come. So he looks at Jesus and says, you don't need to come. Just say the word. And Jesus says, I have not seen this kind of faith in Israel before, and this is a Roman centurion declaring and agreeing. Jesus hadn't even offered that. He just agreed with what he knew was possible. He's standing before the word, and all he said was, you say the word, I'll agree with it. I know you can heal him. And of course, Jesus says truthfully, in this very hour, your servant is healed. Unbelievable. Your agreement with his word manifests his authority in your life. Jesus said in Matthew 18, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. That's you speaking. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth and ask about anything, it will be done by them, for them, by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. It's great to have moments of solitude with the Father. Not isolation, it's different. Solitude. But then make sure to come back together with the body, with two or three, for agreement. There's power in agreement where two or three gather, just like the Trinity. Three agree. Let us make man in our image. Our agreement releases, it binds things, it rebukes things, and it also looses things if we agree with our Father in heaven. Your agreement with His Word manifests His authority in your life. In John 19, we find another amazing story. Jesus is on trial before Pontius Pilate, a government leader. Think about this the King of Kings set this guy, this Roman guy, in place, in a place of authority under his canopy. And then the king of kings comes down to earth wrapped in flesh and all of a sudden finds himself standing and he's been beaten. He's bleeding. This is right when they put that crown of thorns on his head. They weren't little thorns. They were big. There was blood coming down his face, I'm sure, as he's standing before Pilate, whipped, bleeding, about ready to go to the cross. And Jesus was, he could have just spoken the word, right, and been right out of there. But Jesus knew what his father wanted. Jesus did it. He saw you in that moment. And he submitted his life for punishment for an ultimate purpose, to allow his death to bring forth life, to allow his blood to speak a better word. And Pilate and Jesus are having this conversation. And Pilate says to Jesus, where are you from? It's a great question. Where are you from, Jesus? But Jesus didn't answer him. So then Pilate said to him, do you not speak to me? Do you not know, Jesus, that I have the authority to release you, and I have the authority to crucify you? <laughs> and then Jesus spoke. He said, Pilate, you would have no authority over me at all if it had not been given to you from above. From above. That's the Greek word anothen. Anothen. From above, it means from the very first, from the very beginning, from the very top. Colossians 3, you'll rem- remember this verse. Seek the things that are from above. Set your minds on things that are from above. That's what Joel did in his testimony this morning. He chose to set his mind on higher things, from above. Anothan. James 1, every good and perfect gift is from above. Anything, there it is, that word over the canopy, that's where it all comes from. And then check this out, Matthew 27, Jesus is on the cross. He's dying that brutal, agonizing death and he cries out in a loud voice. And in that very moment, he gives up, he submits his spirit voluntarily to the Father and for you. And he dismisses it because he, he had to choose in that moment. He was so powerful. He had to choose to release it. He released it in the ultimate act of humility, the ultimate act of submission to the Father's plan. And in that very moment, remember this, the veil in the temple that protected the Holy of Holies from commoners, that protected the presence of God, was torn from above. Same word, from top. To bottom from above in that moment the moment the the jesus submitted his spirit and cried out his last the word speaks from above it tears open the presence of god in our lives and jesus said to Pilate, the only authority you have been given is from that place from Anathan, from above In Mark 12, I'm I'm going all over the place with stories of Jesus, but we have to understand these things. Mark 12, you'll remember this story. They sent this delegation of Pharisees uh, together with some staunch supporters of Herod, and they were trying to entrap Jesus with his own words. Can you imagine trying to trap the word with his own words? The devil tried that in the wilderness. You know, didn't work out well for him, but he tried. And they said, Jesus, so tell us what you think. Is it proper for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And Jesus saw right through their hypocrisy and he said to them, why are you guys testing me? Give me one of those Roman coins. And they brought him this silver coin and that and was used to pay the taxes. And he said, now tell me whose head appears on that coin? Whose inscription is stamped on it? And they said, Caesar's. And Jesus said, precisely, that coin bears the image of Emperor Caesar. So you should use that coin to pay the emperor his portion. But, check this out, because you bear another image, because you bear the image of God. Remember he said, let us make man in our own image. Because you, you Pharisee, Because you, you hypocrite, because you, you Christ follower, bear the image of God, then you must give to God everything that belongs to him, which is everything. And they were utterly stunned with Jesus' words and had nothing to say. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I think so many times, even in our own lives, we're focused on Caesar. Caesar's doing this, Caesar's doing that. And God says, no, no, no. Yeah, give to him his coin. Give to him the thing that he puts his image on. But now you turn your attention to me. You focus on me. Who do you look like? Whose son are you? Whose daughter are you? Okay, give everything that you're stamped on, engraved on, back to the one who made you. Because nothing will stop me, he says, from what I'm doing. Nothing. Nothing. A lot of things are mysterious. A lot of things we don't understand, but nothing will stand against our God. He has no rival. He has no equal. Never had, never will. On March 30th, a few months months ago, 2022, the Hubble telescope spots the farthest star ever that it ever spotted. Not Not this clip, Jenny. We'll get to that one the Hubble telescope spots the farthest star that it had ever spotted. 12.9 billion light years away from Earth. It's a long ways. And scientists, secular scientists, name this star Erringdale. Which, guess what that means? It means the morning star. I love it when science doesn't even know they're prophesying you know by the way this is this is a freebie if science doesn't agree with the word of god it just hasn't caught up to it yet so don't worry about it they'll get there they'll get there they'll figure it out but the scientists they see this star from the hubble telescope 12.9 billion light years away they name it the morning star it's 50 times bigger than our sun Millions of times brighter than our sun. Arendelle is so large it could fit 65 million Earths inside of it. Caesar's Roman Empire only covered a small portion of one of those Earths. Where's Caesar now? Who's Caesar now? Whenever you're worried and anxious about the Caesars in your world, think about the morning star. Say to yourself, but who is like the Lord that puts Arendelle out there? 12.9 billion light years away from me. that We finally made a telescope big enough to see. The morning star. On Friday night, I was prepping for this message and as I went to bed I just I prayed to the Lord I said Lord would you show me something in the night I, I do this often but I said Friday night, I said specifically show me something tonight that would encourage me and I woke up at 4am it was completely dark and because it was so beautiful we had our windows open and I heard the birds chirping chirp chirp and I'm thinking to myself it's dark outside birds what are you what are you chirping for It was was beautiful sounds, though. And in that moment, the Lord said, they know the light's coming. It's dark, but they know the light is about to break upon us. And I wonder if, if our lives are a little bit like the birds, who God sees every bird, by the way, He cares about you a lot more. I wonder if in the darkness of our lives that we would start singing songs in the dark, like Paul and Silas, expectant for the morning light to come because we know it's coming, because we know Arendelle's there. It's coming. Yeah, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. That's fine. We need to submit to that authority, but give to God, give him everything, everything. I want to show you something. Jenny, you can put that up there now. This footage had never uh, been seen before, prior to 2016. 2016 was the first time they got video of this. And you might be thinking, yeah, you just talked about a star, Chris, it's probably something planetary that they discovered. Looks like a planet kind of exploding, a flash of light, if you will. Footage scientists captured 2016 of the very moment that male sperm makes contact with an egg. An explosion of light. Billions of zinc atoms released the moment the seed connects with the egg, the exact moment of conception. And then God said, let there be light and then God spoke let there be light if you're unsure when life begins I'm pretty sure you are now let there be light see the word of God the seed of God his word always comes forth his word is always alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword his word never returns void it always, always, always produces fruit. Why don't you stand with me? Just close your eyes if you would. Last Sunday, we, uh, our family, on the sale of Sunday, we were able to go to the middle of kind of nowhere in Tennessee to a place called Fall Creek Falls. Beautiful, beautiful place, and it was a beautiful day. But the thing that makes this really special is when my wife was 11 years old, she went to that place with her family. and She didn't say it out loud, but in her mind, she made this agreement, and I want you to hear this. She made this agreement in her mind. She says, Shed one day, at 11 years old, one day I will bring my family, my husband, my children back to this place. Because something about this place has captured me. She made an agreement with her God in that place. And here we are, 30 some years later, and she gets the opportunity to bring her family back to this place. Her prophetic declaration, even in her mind, created agreement. And I believe today that God wants to take you, the Father wants to take you to a place of agreement with Him. On Thursday night, during Breakthrough, on the last song, I, I was laying on the carpet here and I, God, the Lord gave me three different visions. I wasn't expecting them. They were flashbacks to different places in my childhood, in my life. And He showed me, It was like watching a movie of my own life, these little clips And he showed me the places where he protected me under his canopy. He showed me the places where the enemy tried to say, did God really say that? Well, the enemy tried to get in there and make agreement with the enemy. And he said, Chris, son, that's where I protected you. That's where I broke you out of agreement with the enemy. And he said, now... I know you've broken out of those places. I've broken you out of those places, but now I want you to create a further agreement with the word, a further agreement with me about those specific times and seasons, those specific attacks from the enemy because they'll try to come again, but I want you to make this stronger, just like Joel testified this morning. We have to make agreement with the word. We have to break agreement with the enemy and make agreement with the word. I believe the Lord is leading you into that place of agreement with him today. I believe that if you submit to him, he will show you places in your past, in your present where he's protected you, where he's breaking off, he wants to break off any agreement with the enemy. So Holy Spirit, just show these people in this moment the lies that they've believed the agreement that they've made with the enemy that they didn't maybe even know that they'd made. The altar is open in this moment if you want to come up front. to both break off agreement with the enemy and break in agreement with the word of God. Releasing your word this morning. I saw a picture this morning during worship of this plow plowing hard fields, hard hearts, but then it was dropping seeds once it had plowed those up, his seed, his word, and as it planted each one, it exploded in light. And he's doing that in this very moment if you submit to him. Say, Father, I break agreement, I break ties over any agreement of the enemy, any curse that's come against me, anything spoken over me, anything that any idle word that I've been speaking, would you show that to me now? Would you break that off in Jesus' name? And would you not even stop there? Would you break in the word of God in my life? Break in truth in my life. Plant the seed so that it explodes in light over my life. As we're standing there at the Fall Creek Falls and my family's in the middle of the falls, swimming and laughing and dancing, 30 some years later from when Heather had first made that agreement, I saw the trees moving in worship. I saw the water roaring in worship. I saw the brooks bubbling in worship. I saw the the clouds moving in adoration of their creator. And I thought, God, they're agreeing with you. They're coming into agreement with you. And the Lord reminded me of this chapter, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim, they speak the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice, their agreement goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of its canopy. The law of the Lord is perfect. Refreshing the soul. Father, refresh our souls this morning. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than pure gold, sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. May the words of my mouth, this is our prayer, Jesus. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. As we come into agreement with you, Father, we agree that you are our rock, you are our Redeemer, you are our Father. We join with you the Word of God, who is above all things who is above this beautiful canopy where you've set your glory in place. We agree with your word over our lives. We love you. We fully submit to your authority. We break any power of the enemy over our lives. Any agreement that we've made with him, would you show us and would you break that chain, sever every chain, and then invade that place with your word, with your power, with your authority. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for taking us back to that place. Of agreement back to that garden, the perfect place where you want all of us to come.